just talking about taking a shit. Uh. Uh. My life's shit. <laughs> God damn! Uh, oh wait, wait, wait. We're doing this first. Hold on. I brought whiskey for us to drink while we do this episode. Here's how it sounds. Dude, that sounds so creepy. That was real. <laughs> was it? That was real. That wasn't a sound effect in post, everybody. It was perfect. Though. <laughs> All right. You said that sounded queefy. No, no. Was Kawifa. Oh, uh, Liz Kawifa. <laughs> I don't think anybody said that either. Nobody said any of that. Oh, I'm yeah, you, heard, you you Freudian slipped. You queef. guys, I am very <laughs> very tired. Queef leafa, it's a queef leaf. I ha- <laughs> That's what they're after in the land before time. <laughs> it's not a tree star, you fucking dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> it's a queef leaf. It's like uh, it's a queef star. Star. <laughs> Little Fine. foot, you dumb sack. Okay, of give shit. me the short one because I don't do shots. Yeah, I don't Rachel's either. Rachel's doing a shot even though she doesn't do shots! Uh, it might just be like a I sip on it a little bit thing. We're going to see how this goes. You don't have to do it with us, but I'm... Well, these aren't full-size shots. No, either. these are baby shots. These are thimbles. Hello. That's good, but still. That's What's what fun? we're calling. We're calling this episode Thimble Shots. To hit dice. Can you to hit dice. Can their thimble sizeness? We'll do some other ones in a minute. Cheers. 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 Little drink. Cheers to fucking Fraser coming back. Holy fuck. If Possibly. that happens, yeah, I'm going to be yeah, so yeah, If it happens, though. Yeah, and since Alan's back. not here, he would be saying, fuck Fraser. Well, real pain for my sham friends, champagne for my real friends. That's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good toast. Thanks, Alan. Who wasn't able to make it, unfortunately. No patches. Dude. I should cross that. Fuck drinking whiskey. You should. Fuck you. We love that. so awful. You're awful. I know that, but... Okay, everybody. Ugh. So, Ugh. I'm rubbing my stomach while I talk because there's whiskey in it. Hey, guys, it's me, Wes. I'm your dungeon master, but not this week. I'm... This week, I'm just some regular fucking guy reading <clears throat> the mail. That's the intro. I'm Caleb Hanks. I play intro. Patches O'Houlihan. Strong bad thing. Yeah. Checking my email. Oh, I'm, a, I'm Caleb Hanks. I play guy on a buffalo... And Van, uh, I'm easily the weakest link in the entire podcast, and I'm, everybody hates me. I'm Wes Cordell. I am easily the biggest Matt Mercer ripoff DM in the fucking <laughs> world. <laughs> and I wish I could blow Chris Perkins. <laughs> I'm the real Wes Cordell, and uh, I can verify that all of that's true. <laughs> Uh, hey, Jonathan. Jonathan's here. <laughs> this is Jonathan's intro. We're doing that too, I guess. <laughs> Are we actually? What, we're yeah, actually we're doing. Doing. Oh, we've been rolling. We've been oh, recording yeah. for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> the whole mic thing was a bit. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I sang so many Disney songs. <laughs> um, hey, I'm Jonathan. I play uh, the best fucking gnome wizard ever. That's true. Actually, you know what? I have never, ever, ever played another game with a gnome before. Ever. Really? Never. Well, I've so never sad. played a game with a gnome before. You're, you're Gus ki- Chickens was a gnome. He wasn't like a gnome. No. He was a gnome. He was technically oh. a gnome, but Arwol is a gnome. You know what I mean? I guess I didn't play a gnome very well. Yeah. What he was you saying. Didn't, you didn't tinker with stuff. You were just like a raccoon and a gnome. You made no skin. short jokes. <laughs> I thought he was a possum. Yeah. yeah. Was a possum. I thought your race that was makes possum. more sense. A yeah. possum in a hood. Hey, I'm here to play Dungeons and Dragons. Possums in the hood. <laughs> Our other podcast, you guys should check it out. <laughs> in the for, in the fourth person we And Rachel say, Watkins. Hi, I'm Rachel. I just had to sniff the brownie candle. Um 
because it's right here in front of me and tempting me. Um, just so everybody, just to be clear, brownie candle is code for what you think it's code it's for. It's actually a jar candle that smells like homemade brownies, guys. Mm -hmm. It smells like the burnt edges, which is the best part. Yeah. You can always we tell were, that hey, bourbon hey. is good after it's can in I your get stomach. That cheese? Hey, wait, Rachel didn't do her intro I yet. Really? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. I love you. Her um, intro was the uh, croissant thing I was talking about. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also like croissants. Yeah. So, Rachel, I play Callista Tiefling Bard in the Hit Dice podcast. Um, I'm also in real life mostly Hobbit, so I'll probably talk about food a lot today. That's true, and that's not just an intro she made. Out of session, we always talk about how Rachel is a Hobbit because she's kind of the group mom. Uh, she's not kind of the group mom. She is literally the group mom. She brings she us all snacks. snacks, which snacks. is one of the questions. One of the questions is, hey. who brings the snacks? So what a transition, Wes. Uh, Nicely done. Good segue. I'm, I'm pumping my arm as I say butter. each of these sentences in case you guys couldn't tell. Uh, but today's a little bit different. Uh, due to high demand, uh, we've decided to do a mailbag episode. Um, a mailbag episode is very straightforward, the straightforward uh, for you whippersnappers out there. We, are, we, have, we have collected questions from friends and from fans and from other podcasts, and we're just going to sit here and drink whiskey and we're going to answer them and we're going to pretty much talk about whatever the fuck we want to talk about. Oh, babe. It sounds like one of your neighbors is like riding a carnival ride down the street. That's it's Jim, like, that's boom. Jimmy Buffett. Oh, there's a guy that looks just like Jimmy Buffett, and he just the rides. golf cart guy. The golf cart guy. Yeah. There's a guy that rides, and I think I think he's like famous or something. I, I don't know, <laughs> but he's like obviously Actually, wealthy. He lives on this like. Have you seen like that house from Edward Scissorhands that's up here on the hill? No. It's really creepy, but he comes out of that house in the golf cart and just, like, rides around the neighborhood, and he's really mean. I've tried to wave at him, like, multiple times. He's waved at me one time. The rest of the time, he just mean mugs my ass. And I'm like, I put a little... A little, We've already waved. Why keep going? Yeah. I, well, it's, We've just, yeah. it's like saying bless you for sneezing. He's not going to do a, it again. It's just a thing to where it's like when I'm driving down the road and he's in his golf cart, like I feel intimidating towards him, and so I want to wave and be like, I'm not going to kill you. Oh, you're you. trying to form an alliance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be like, hey, you know there's cars, right? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, he's like immortal, and he's so old that he's just like excited to have a golf cart. He's like, he's riding at five miles an hour like, holy Dude, shit. I think it was like... Like a, one of those Blade movies or whatever where they go in this ancient tome and there's like this vampire that's been sitting there for like a thousand oh, years. Oh, like the archive keeper, the fat yes, one? Yes, he looks and like that. And the little light on him. He like looks just nipples. like that. And he's just like, oh, yeah, they, yeah. yeah. They put like a two candle power what <laughs> flashlight on him and it starts burning. Dude, you gotta imagine that you're walking through the cave and you see all the vampires like with their arms crossed up on the wall and then you see that guy in his golf cart <laughs> We're on the side of the scene. He's like sitting in his golf cart and the, and the light goes across it. Yeah, you just see him for a split second and then the hood pops and a bunch of crows fly out. Thanks for your uh, question, guys. Yeah, good, great, question. Nice. great question. Great question. Hey, you know, um, I was going to start this by talking about our our first campaign together. Um, yeah. But we got a lot of questions about our first campaign. So oh. uh, I think oh, that I we're just going to answer those as they come. And I think mm -hmm. that it'll really naturally just kind of fall out of our mouths, uh, just like the vomit and bourbon. Yeah. Uh, but I do want to start by saying, um, by talking a little bit about how we became a podcast. Yeah. Um, it, you know, I'll, I'll say this really quickly. I never wanted to be a dungeon master, ever. Ever. Rachel knows this. Uh, Rachel has been playing with me since I was a player. Long time. Uh, it's been a long time. We've been playing together. And 
Um, I never wanted to be a DM, and a lot of my friends and fellow did players... Did you guys play together before I came along? Yeah, yep. we did. Um, we played together longer than anybody in the group. Who was your DM? The first one, that oh. guy, that guy. What was his name? With the glasses and the daughter? Yeah. Kenny. <laughs> where where did it, you guys play? Yeah. In, in my apartment At on Bear apartment. Creek. So what happened was I started How watching f- Critical Role, and I loved seeing their relationships, and I had just moved to the area, so I really desperately wanted to have friends, and I wanted that kind of <laughs> friends. So I was like, I need D&D people to hang out with. So I got on like Meetup and Facebook and started joining groups and saw a post from Wes looking hey. for a player to join a group because the DM had a teenage daughter who was going to play, mm-hmm. and they didn't want her to have to play D&D with a bunch of like 20-some-odd dudes. They didn't want 20 <laughs> grown men telling penis jokes to this man's 14-year-old right. so They needed a lady, and they didn't care that I'd never played before in my life and had no experience. Mm-hmm. So I went, and we that lasted maybe two sessions. How yeah. far? How far or how long after... Um, you moving here, did you meet Wes, though? Oh, that's a good question. Six or eight months or something like that? Really? really? Yeah, it hadn't yeah. been long. And I remember because Rachel had hit me up, and I was seriously on my last leg, because it's so hard to find good local players, and I was on, like, this guy's daughter is just going to have to hear penis jokes because I can't find yeah. a woman to play with us. Uh, and then Rachel hit me up, and uh, I remember reading your message and being like, whoa, she seems, like, super cool. Like, she would definitely fit in. And that's she was like... I am. Yeah, she is cool. So, it, like, it all came to fruition, but... And so at this point, our second DMN, Rachel and I, Caleb, was you were playing with us at this point. Yeah. You want to tell the story of our second DM? Yeah, and I'm going to tell this to the best of my ability because, like, I was going through a weird time. I was drinking a lot. And uh, and and honestly, like, Wes, that's how I got into D&D. I had played back when I was in the fourth grade. We used to play with my best buddy, Matt Hickson, over the phone when he was in the fourth grade and I was in the fourth grade. And Micah would be, like, the dungeon master on the phone downstairs. These were, cord, <laughs> like, corded phones. I'm old, wow. y'all. That's but, so funny. Old, you guys were all on different. No, we really were. Like line in Land phones. Lines. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Land phones dragons. over the phone. And one person, there was a house with two people who would go pick up another receiver exactly. in the same house to play. So exactly. Funny. That's crazy. It was Hang awesome. On, call. <laughs> we, dude, that was like that was <laughs> hardcore. I, I loved yeah. it because we, my brother, bought like the advanced D and D boxes, and we, <laughs> and I still have them, but um. Wes kept telling me, like, dude, you got to come play D&D. And I was kind of thinking, because I didn't know exactly what the game was really all about. Like, literally the last time I'd known about it or thought about it was fourth grade. So I was like, isn't that, like, really nerdy? Like, really nerdy? And Wes, let me stop you there. Yes. Yes. (laughs) But, I mean, like, Wes just said, come come check it out. Best way. And so I did, and I didn't realize that I could... It, it was sketch comedy for me, and and then maybe that was like pushing a little bit against the way that Wes liked to play. But I fucked up, I fucked up everything for him and changed yeah, how. It's true, but yeah. So we'll, we'll get so, there. <laughs> all that aside, uh, the, first, the first campaign. <laughs> let's just call him Bob. <laughs> there was a wait, DM. Wait, wait, wait. Can we give him an alias? That's uh, can we call him Danny Merkins? <laughs> Danny Merkin. For DM. Danny Mercantile. Yeah. And so Danny Mercantile, he, um, I'm just going to say this because it's fucking true. It's not talking shit. He, it's, it wouldn't we, be talking shit if you didn't out loud say this isn't talking. I'm not going to talk no, shit. It's, it's, it's not. It's not. <laughs> it's not talking shit. I think what he's saying is this is so ridiculous. People might not believe it actually happened. Yeah, he's, but he's yeah. buttering you up for straight up truth. Everything is, he says yeah. to be a fact. We, we start the campaign. We go into it. I don't know what D&D is all about, so I didn't realize this until Wes had kind of told me this. But Wes was like, dude, you realize we just did that whole battle and none of the bad guys dealt damage? <laughs> there were literally 30 guards. And we, 
And they just stood there, and we just slit all their throats, and they were like, guess I'm next. And, 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 and Wes didn't want to say shit, because he's like, he's not going to tell people how to DM. Wes is sitting there like, I'm here for the ride. Let's see how this fucking goes. And I don't know any better, because I'm like, I've never played. You just look over, and I'm like cackling to yeah. myself. And so um, the, yeah. what, what ended that was... One session. No, he, whoa, whoa. Before that, he he was lighting my apartment on fire. Well, he wasn't lighting. He used to bring flash paper, and he'd light flash. You cool. remember that. Oh, cool. He used yeah. to bring flash paper, and he would light up. Which was um, fun, except that he was super drunk. Exactly. That was the thing. He would light flash paper, and we we're like, ooh, cool. That's kind of a cool effect in D&D. But the big problem after the flash paper was there was a session where he he was playing he was playing like an NPC that got really drunk yeah. and he brought this old scotch scotch old enough to buy its own scotch you got to give him props for like using an aged bottle of scotch for an NPC though but like. you got to take <laughs> but you got to take away the props because he downed it in a sit in like a in a gulp you don't gulp he a, scotch he had a yeah. dependency issue with the props and so yeah <laughs> It was not a problem. And so he fucking passed out yeah, as the DM. As we're speaking now, and like imagine imagine this. If we were, because I got really drunk that one session, and I, we mm. were still able to get the game going, but it was to the point where imagine you were speaking to an NPC, and you look up and realize the DM is literally asleep. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and this, is, this is after 30 minutes of we're in the middle of combat or a conversation <laughs> somewhere, and he looks and he's like, wait, where are we? Yeah. Yeah. He asked where us you where are. we were. That's not and where then, you are. You teleport to this place yeah. instead. You're here. We were like, what? Yeah, he would, realize, he would realize we didn't end up where he wanted us to go. Uh-huh. And, and then make us, us like just put us in yeah. another part of town. Yeah, yeah. Pure and then and then I'm pretty sure like Wes was getting really pissed off at one of his NPCs. So Wes is like, "Fuck this! I'm gonna kill this guy. I hate this." That yeah. was almost like, literally exactly what you no, said. No, well, the guy kept offering us. He betrayed us, and then Squeeps Squeeps betrayed us, and then tried to barter with us with gold. Because he realized that my character was so mad about it. Rachel just took a shot and she's Yay! dying. You guys, I'm so fucking old. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and the guy, and so I put, I, I had a war hammer. I was a cleric at the time. And I grabbed one side of his head and put my hammer up to the other end of it. And I was like, give me one reason I shouldn't kill you right now. And he was like, I'll pay you 500 gold. And I was like, rest in peace, buddy. Yeah. And I went, I went to kill him and he wouldn't let me. Because he was an important NPC, but it was like played like such shit that we all hated him. Yeah. We were like, dude, this guy's got to fucking go. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, so, and so, you know. If, if, if you're listening, we're sorry, but it's the rules, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, and after that, I, um, on top of being, because uh, there is a question 18. later, which we'll give credit to the person who asked for, but I'll answer it a little here. Um, I'm a filmmaker in real life, and my profession is literally to tell stories. And so because of that, people have always asked me to DM. But on top of it, like Caleb was saying, I'm always a rule Nazi when I'm a player. And not to the point where I'm like, oh, you're doing that wrong, but to the point where if somebody's like, hey, how does this work? I could, I could tell you how it worked without reading the book. And that was the last straw, and I was like, fuck it, I'm DMing. Let, like, this is my thing with Wes, your style of DMing. <clears throat> you... you you're not a rule Nazi, but you, you're, the rules to you are like what makes sense. Like if you were really in that situation, this is kind of what would happen. Like, okay, let's just say, hey, quit putting my mini in your nose. <laughs> I won't. Um, that's them going to pick up our old DM. <laughs> <laughs> He's in a ditch down the street coming back oh, for revenge. No, Two was... cats having sex on him. <laughs> but... <laughs> It's like, I don't know what about his dead body makes cats so horny. 
But yeah, Wes, I, I like the way that you DM because you allow me to still be an asshole while we play, but you also are like, okay, if you are just like walking through a crowd of people and you're like screaming some shit, you in game, you make sure that people are paying attention to what this person is doing. You know, you don't you don't really let you, your suspension of disbelief doesn't let people go too far. Ah, thanks. <laughs> I just grabbed his nipple. That's all I have to say about that. Um, and, you know, on top of that, I want to talk about Jonathan coming into the group. Jonathan's here with us. He plays Arwell. Um, th- so those are all of our stories. When we get done, I'll talk about how I got into D&D very briefly. Um, just to give you guys a little insight into uh, how we got started into this whole thing. So, Jonathan, how did uh, <laughs> how did you come into the group? And at what point in the campaign, the, my first campaign, all of my players played through my first campaign that I wrote that was my homebrew. Uh, and Jonathan came into that. And, I, like, it'd be cool to hear how you got into D&D. <laughs> like, what interested you? And at what point in the campaign um, you came well, in? Well, I came in... As a guest appearance once, and speaking of, oh, we're shit t- I don't know if you were going to tell. I know, Tom can tell you. Yes, I love really this. embarrassing. I felt so. All right, wait, I'm jumping ahead. I got. I was so excited to play D and D. You have no idea. So I was like, I like read through the DM's manual, like eight, like everything. Like, I was so prepared for this thing, and I had not eaten all day of the day, <laughs> I and I got so, so shit faced. I have a crazy metabolism, and if I don't eat like eight meals a day, I get hammered. <laughs> and so I got hammered, and then started very aggressively talking to Wes about everything. Anyway, so I ended up having to apologize the next day, and I thought I would never play D&D again. And finally... <laughs> wait, wait, can I stop it here? Yeah, yeah please. There was a point where... <laughs> it happens, man. So Jonathan was... I would make a ruling, and Jonathan uh, would argue it. I know. And I was like... <laughs> I was so bad. And like at one point, Alan, um, he was kicking me underneath the table, and I would be like, Star, are you kicking me? Yeah, Jonathan, like, Alan, like, oh my God, you idiot. Um, I was spilling wine on myself. It was, it was a really there might it was actually, a big shit show. There might actually be audio of this. In, in, no, there's not. No, I hope oh. not. In, Please, in, no. In, retros- <laughs> in retrospect, it's the funniest thing ever. But Jonathan texts me the next day and I texted everyone. I apologize. And, and he apologized to me. And that is maybe the first time I haven't told someone, like, just, it's okay. I was basically like, yeah, you got real shitty, huh? <laughs> and I was like, and I deserve that. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, so that was our first experience yeah. together. Jonathan was a guest character, but he did come back. I did come back, and I... Uh, at my invitation. It was yes. nothing weird. Yeah. Uh, we, we grew and closer as friends. It, it's know, not like we, we all really get along. It's not like um, we were, like, pissed at you. It was just kind of like... bizarre. It was bizarre. And, like, yeah, oh, I mean, yeah, Rachel and I were both there as well, and it wasn't just yeah. like, well, fuck that. Guy. It was just kind of like, no, honestly, what I, what I was thinking about it was, is like, dude, when you, when you have not played D and D, those sessions are really long, and if you don't fucking pace your alcohol yeah. intake, yeah, that's true, can really fuck you up because yeah. like, totally. dude, you yeah. don't think about it, and the Speaking next thing which, you know, you're like, I'm supposed to be playing fantasy. Right, and so I'm Wes, so think up. back to the days when you had your special table, and I would perch on top of a chair, like on the back of the chair, <gasps> yeah. And the nights when I would fall asleep <laughs> during the game yeah. because it was late on Sunday and I'm really old and I'd worked all week and well, then drank wine. This, this specific night you're talking about, you had just gotten back from Ireland, though. Yeah. Like the day before. Yeah, I think I had just flown yeah. back from Ireland. So. And that was the end of a campaign, yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. And we, but we've all, we've all, I mean, we've all had our bad nights. Like, I've gotten too drunk as DM. Caleb, when we first started, basically did what Jonathan did, except he didn't know the rules. So him and uh, an older player of ours, <laughs> uh, Preston, they were so drunk that they were making jokes 
louder than I was DMing. So I could not run the game because they were making that, so many jokes. That was, yeah, that was a lot of it. That was a lot of it when Preston was playing. And, like, I tried not to get to that point, but that was me learning how to pace myself yes, drinking yeah. during D&D. Yeah. Like, because for me, it was also kind of thing, like, I didn't really, really know exactly how, when Wes would DM, he really wanted people to believe you're in the game, you're you're, you're doing this shit. And here I'm over here like, hey, you know, like Carl's Jr. I don't know why I know about that restaurant, but yeah. fucking A. Yeah. So then mix that with, we had these moments where I knew we had found a really quality group because... Like we're in the middle of Curse of Strahd, and a coffin with I'll my parents, my character's parents' names on it shows up, and I'm like literally crying at the table. <laughs> so I was like, "Oh, oh my God, it's working! This is real DNA." I believe. Yeah. I believe. Um, How many people? Um, so, Jonathan, skip ahead. Yes. Yeah. Um, I finally, yeah, jump into the game, and uh, my first character was this elvish shadow monk named Elodin, and they found me in a cave with an abolith and. He was uh, fucking yeah. cool. He yeah. was fucking badass, and yeah, it was at the tail end of the last campaign, but it was yeah. super like, fun. Like, literally, the last, he joined the last dungeon before the campaign yeah. was over, and it, it was a lot of fun. And this is a question that I someone has posed that. for us, and so I'm going to talk a little bit about how I got into D&D. When I say a little, I mean like 30 seconds. And then we're going to get started on these questions because we're accidentally answering some of them oh, already. Right. <laughs> no, it's good, it's good, it's good. Um, <clears throat> so I, I started DMing with a lot of resistance. I never even wanted to play Dungeons and Dragons, but my very good friends in Chattanooga, Sam Cox and Jonah, uh, who hopefully are listening and hear this episode, hey guys, how's it going? Got me into Dungeons and Dragons. They begged me for a year to play, and I was like, no, that's nerd shit. You just make believe and talk about it, right? Like, I'm not playing that. <laughs> and they asked me for a year, and then finally Sam Sam learned my love language, and he said, I'm going to get your six-pack. I was like, I'm there. And so I showed up, and I had the most fun I've ever had. And I just felt like a hero, and I felt like I contributed, and I felt like I got to know these guys better. And I've been playing ever since, so that's been about eight years now that I've been playing Dungeons and & Dragons. And, uh, you know, I've, I came back to Asheville, and I was looking for groups to play, and I got both of the groups that we had, Rachel, me, and Caleb together, uh, found the DM and everything through local gaming stores, and then eventually started DMing. And Caleb pressured me to start a podcast. I told him he was an idiot. I only uh, pressured you for two goddamn years. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and then you know, finally, I decided that through because I listen, I do listen to other Dungeons and Dragons podcasts, and you know, I'm not talking badly about anybody, but as I was finishing the good ones, the big ones like uh, Sneak Attack and like Drunks and Dragons and things like that, and I was starting to get into the smaller ones. While there are still people who are really incredible at it, I was finding it really hard to find a quality Dungeons and Dragons podcast, and I was like, you know what, our play is better than this, and. I am an editor for a living, and Caleb is a sound technician, and so like we could actually do this, you know. Sound technician. I'm making air quotes because I fucked everything up today. Yeah, well, <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Caleb fucking it all up, and so you know, with a little bit of our backstories and with us bantering a little, uh, I do want to get into this and start answering you guys' questions. Before we get into this, though, we, as always, need to give a big, fat, awesome, disgusting, goopy, nasty. Any other gross adjectives you guys have? Acrid. Shout out to our sponsors. Uh, <clears throat> Tabletop Loot has taken care of us since the very beginning of this podcast. As soon as they found out that I was doing a podcast, they stepped forward and they said, we support you guys and we know you're going to do well. So uh, they're really genuine, awesome people and they have a great company. They have dice that are as good, if not better than any dice store that you have around you or wherever you're buying from. But you can head over to tabletoploot.com. Uh, get yourself a couple of dice. Those are on us. We're going to give you 15% off by entering the code HITDICEPOD at checkout. The other sponsor 
sponsor that just recently came in that we're very appreciative of that Jonathan's holding a card for right now and uh, that I'm a really big believer in. <laughs> he has an owl card for Ori that I gave him yeah. today from thedeckofmini.com. They are our second sponsor who we love very much. They have RPG reference cards that I literally used before they became a sponsor and use at the table. Let's all open our beers at once. Three, two, and... Nice. We always edit. <laughs> we always edit that out, but we'll leave that one in. So classy. Go check out uh, thedeckofmini.com. Uh, go look at Tabletop Loot. Seriously, they support the shit out of us, and uh, they're going to hook you up regardless. Enter the code HitDicePod at Tabletop Loot for checkout. And lastly, if you guys want to support us, keep this going. Uh, keep these intimate conversations happening over the airwaves that we call the internet. Go to our website. HitDicePod.com. Buy some shit. We got some cool shit in the store that you really should check out. Gonna leave it at that. Oh, there's fan art. Uh, there's pictures of us. If you've wondered how we yeah. look in person, our voices match our faces. Yeah. We're all real good looking. Yeah. Speaking That's of true. Ireland, my picture on the website was taken in Ireland. So oh. You can see what I looked like on that trip. I looked. Like I went me. to say something while I was drinking beer, and I spilt it on myself. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and in addition to that, I drink wine. In addition to that, if you guys have listened this far into us bantering before we start answering questions, (laughs) hit pause. You obviously have the time. (laughs) And go to the iTunes store and leave us a five star review. It helps the podcast out a shit ton, and we really appreciate it. Caleb's back. Let's get into it. Perfect timing, buddy. That's a really good line. Let's start at the top. Um, There's a podcast that's near and dear to my heart. I have been talking with their DM and with their cast since before we started because I like them so much. And I'm going to give them a shout out. It is unsolicited, uh, but I don't think they'll mind. Bombarded is a great Dungeons & Dragons podcast that is fueled only by musicians. They are running a campaign style that I have always wanted to run, which is a one-class campaign. They are all bards. That's so fun. And they are really? they are on a pilgrimage, and they are all musicians in real life, and they play their fucking instruments as their wow. players and write songs on the fly during the podcast. That's the shit. They are cool as fuck. How fucking long has this been going on? Way longer than us, dude. Um, How do I not know also, about this shit? You do not I reveal feel secrets, somewhat dog. somewhat inadequate as a bard now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goddamn. Oh, shit. So they have sent us a couple of questions. Uh, this is sort of a free-for-all, uh, so just pipe mm-hmm. in whenever you want. And it's a really good first question. Uh, this some are addressed to specific ones uh-huh. of us, others are to everyone. Sure. Uh, this is for everybody. What is your favorite episode you've made thus far, and uh, or the episode you were the most proud of? Um, you've got to see these questions before us. That's true. <laughs> I didn't have time to prepare. I mean, you could go while everybody's thinking about it. That would make sense to me. My favorite episode is easy. I've loved it since we made it, and I have never had a favorite episode since. It is episode 10. It is when you guys get lifted out of the ocean by a storm giant, and you're on the boat with the Inatazasis, and um, the dragons a, are fighting. That pretty great episode. Oh, it's Visually, that's a good episode. an awesome episode, for sure. Um, the audio quality was good. The sound effects, I spent so much time on. And, like, it's, I'm so proud of that episode. That's awesome. Yeah, it's my very, Man, I just I, listened to it again uh, the other day. You know, I, I, the, the visual with that description of, like, being in that weird underwater cave-ish kind of thing and we could see underwater. Dude, when we were playing that episode, I remember being in it so much because that was just, it, the like the way that you described it was, was so good. I was feeling particularly inspired. I think my favorite episode was the one right after, I don't know what episode number it was. Oh, sorry. I uh, don't know what episode number it was, but the one right after Gus, not Gus, sorry, fucking shit. Guy. Guy left into the woods. And when right after that, and like things started going awry, we started finding out like this woman's being held by this titan. Uh, she's that trying to cool. sacrifice her kids. Um, we found out it was the chicken joints yeah. that we already yeah. fought. That, like, it was that just was like fun. all of these, like, it was like a really episode. great, like, psychological twist to a yeah. story that had seemed. 
semi one dimensional. Right, like they're, always, they're just these farmer was, yeah, NPCs who are exactly, like a, they're yeah. a, a, a mode was, of transportation to this next moment. Yeah, that's yeah. what I think. The story, which I've already totally enjoyed, really became more organic well, and just like yeah. something you could like I don't know just really live inside it was well really I really awesome. got to I feel like that episode would honestly probably be my second one and mm-hmm. it's because I really got to flex my muscles as a storyteller in that yeah, one it was yeah. because my and, and my whole last campaign which we'll get to with some of these questions is very dark and ominous and creepy and that's my specialty and right. I really got to bring those colors yeah, out of myself totally. like doing that episode mm-hmm. so. and selfishly I think Arwell did fucking great in that yeah, episode yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no you did I remember you did great yeah, you're allowed sending to like Ori out yeah. but like taking care of stuff and like yeah, yeah and just yeah, like suggesting great. and bringing her back. Oh, and, like, the suggestion yeah, was like, so I, good. Yeah, and I went. Yes. And I went to bed knowing. Oh, that I would spoilers. Be to, yeah. <laughs> no, so, ooh, yeah. Uh, no, wait. If you're on this episode, yeah. you listen to that yeah, yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm dumb. Yeah, they should know. Um, So I do not know the episode number either, but it's pretty early on in the campaign, I think. Um, The Crate Heist, when we were... Episode episode six. (laughs) And I love that one because we made a plan as a team, and it was like one of the first times the group really came together, the characters as a team. Totally. Everybody had their part to play. And played it, and you had the nip slip, and you have ball bearings, and, and Steve, Steve and Donald. Yes. And we don't even know what the fuck we're stealing, but Nina's Patches is going to find it yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> Nina's weird scream. Everybody had oh, a great Patches. moment during so that funny. session. Yes. And it, once again, the storytelling was like, Mentally, we were actually working our way through the city. Totally. Those streets. Totally. It was incredible. Yeah. yeah. We were also immersed. It was great. It was I, so I, fun. I really hate that Alan is not here for, some, for some of the uh-huh. um, bef- the, the first campaign yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah. Because, God almighty, some of my favorite D&D oh, moments of Sigmar. all time were with Alan because Alan... <laughs> he's a good player, man. Alan is so quiet. He's not, like, quite quiet, but he's just kind of soft-spoken. But he's one of the funniest motherfuckers I've ever met yeah, in my life. yeah, yeah. It's always fun when he steps in. God damn, dude. Uh, Alan is not here for lack of desire. Alan is not here because he could not be, uh, which is unfortunate. We miss him very much. Alan. Um, <laughs> Caleb. So my, my favorite episode of this, this campaign is very hard to um, pick because I, I seriously love them all so much. Um, I really enjoyed... And it's selfishly, I really enjoyed the Elvish Presley. <laughs> I really enjoyed the Elvish Presley because it was me getting to play multiple characters. It was me getting to execute a gag that Wes and I had laughed so God. fucking hard we were, about. We were in his dining room in the next room over crying. Dude. We were laughing so hard about the idea <laughs> of Elvish so Presley. so fucking yeah. funny. And, um, and honestly, like between me and Wes, the ideas had gone way further than they ever got executed. Yeah. Just like we had like a whole episode was... of we were going to pretend he was Elvis Presley for like an hour at one point. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of wish that would have happened. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, with with and if you've listened this far, then you've heard the the Elvis the Helvish Presley outro. <sighs> that was so. Did you guys hear that? Yeah. Oh my god. That was. Uh, I still cry. Yeah. That that was one of the most intense things that I've done for the podcast, and I'm I'm kind of looking forward to doing some more shit like that because yeah. I've already got some ideas. But um, <laughs> good. It is. Yeah, and I don't want to get into. Some, I think there's some other questions about guy guy on the buffalo and all that shit. But like, um, that was a really interesting one for me too because it was a giant uh, point of change for the podcast yeah. and yeah. and getting to fuck with you guys like yeah. getting to fuck yeah. with the, red, the the other players in the in the campaign that was so fun for me because yeah. they didn't know 
Alan no had idea. Alan kind of had an idea of who I was going to be. Right. Yeah, totally. Right. Because and, and maybe he told you, but yeah, 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 but yeah uh, nobody else really knew exactly well, who, I, what I was going to do. And I just oh, loved man. being like, yeah, I'm this fat, greasy, weird guy that's doing karate moves. Is that he canonically had peanut butter and chicken legs in his pockets? Yeah. And if you guys didn't hear, if because it's kind of fast, if you guys didn't hear the lyrics, he says, um, well, I made my way out of, um, I made my way out of West Barovia, chicken leg on my side. <laughs> then I made my way down to Raven's Bluff where I fell yeah, on the, the floor, floor and, and died. That's so good. So there you go. That's so good. Nice. I was um, crying into my hands that episode. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, I was laughing so hard. I'm going to just keep moving forward with these questions as we answer them. Uh, this one's for me. Yay. Uh, what has been your favorite thing that you've edited in post, like sound effect-wise, backgrounds, etc.? It's funny because I've actually already answered this, so I'm only going to touch on it briefly. The dragon fight, like Yenitazos is roaring and leaving the boat. You like hear the boat creaking and his claws digging into the wood. And then you hear the wings, like his wings lift off of the boat and him clash in the sky with a golden dragon. And you can hear their fight in the background like as you all are talking. You guys are having this like really intense conversation because you're like those dragons are coming back we need to figure this shit out and you can like I added the sound effects in the back while you guys were all talking over each other it was my it was like my crowning glory of the podcast so far it was so much fun and like you don't notice it because it seems so natural and such an intense part of the story you know yeah um, so that's absolutely my favorite part. Do you want to tell out the... Yes. Uh, so we uh, we got a couple of questions from everybody. Our first question comes from a fan of ours who's very near and dear to us. She is very active and we love her very much. Her name is Jasmine. And you can find her... Oh, by the way, if you ask us questions, we're going to mention you. Um, like I said before, if you're this far into this episode, you obviously have way too much time on your hands. Just go follow these people. Um, they're all a lot of fun. They all play Dungeons & Dragons too. They're, they're always talking about other D&D podcasts, the things they like about D&D. Um, if you're not on Twitter with the Dungeons & Dragons community, by the way, and you're listening to this, you are seriously, truly missing out. Yeah. Uh, there's so much inspiration and so many stories and so much conversation happening in the D&D community on Twitter uh, that if you're not on it, you should take a moment to make an account and seriously, legitimately get on there because we're all on there. We're constantly talking. Uh, our fans are on there talking. And uh, speaking of social media, we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HitDicePod. And if you don't do... Twitter, like if you're not into that sort of shit, the way to get into the conversations is just use the little pound sign if you're old and a hashtag if you're young and just hashtag Hash, pound sign on the landline. Pound line sign that you play D and D on pound sign I on the landline. Uh, just do a hashtag D and D. That's the way you get into the conversation. That's how you meet people. So, yeah. This next question is from Jasmine at Jazzy underscore Dodger. G. No, I'm not going to spell it. It's a J. Uh, <laughs> Caleb, you want to answer the questions for you, and you're looking right at it. What prompted you to change characters? Um, <clears throat> it was really, it was kind of a thing to where it was number one the rules, and when spoiler yeah, can alert, I, can motherfuckers, I can I say yeah, this? No, but go. Guy was not a planned death. It was not at all. Guy was not a planned death on our part by any means. Mm, a lot of people not. assume it was. That no. was seriously, truly a tragic death within the podcast. Yeah, it was. that was that was roll of the dice. But I mean, one hundred percent. Obviously, guy guy did not die, right. and that is why I think that she's asking this mm, question. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, the the thing about it is, and I know that like early on in the campaign, I'd kind of talked about being like, yeah, kind of just like don't really want to do the voice anymore. It was absolutely not about that. At that point, I'd kind of found the ebb and flow of doing the guy voice and then playing the character as myself. Um, The rules were the rules. And 
I played it to where Buffalo, I turned myself into a crab. I didn't <laughs> I didn't think to seek that maybe the bow of crabbling would on a nat one turn me into a fucking crab. That was that was Wes being a good DM and me not being mm. a good player. And, and, and identify as like curses don't. Yes. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, yeah, for what it's worth, that's so. canonical. That identify yeah. cannot pick up on curses. So yeah. still, I didn't know <laughs> it happened. And Buffalo died because of the rules. Mm-hmm. We we play for the rules, and I think that ber- trying to bring back characters is weak as yeah, fuck. Agree. Even if people like the guy on the buffalo, like I love the guy on the buffalo. I. It, it was a it was a theme in my life. I, I I'm very in depth with my characters, and um, when I play a character in D and D, I kind of go through my life and think about being that character. It's a big deal to me. So when when Buffalo died, I I was like, there is no guy without the buffalo. You say God. There is no <laughs> there is no God. There's no guy without the buffalo. So I had I. We don't yeah. know what happened to Guy, but I thought yeah. it was better for me to just take on a different yeah. persona. And for me to like just grab the reins on this for a second and uh, get us into the next question, I would like to say this, too. In my campaigns, my characters, I think all my players know, and I talk about this before every campaign, that it is very likely they will die because I feel like the life of an adventurer is a tumultuous one, and there's a reason that everyone in the land is not an adventurer. There are commoners yeah. for a reason. Like, the wild in the Forgotten Realms is horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> like, really, it is. Yeah. And the fact that you guys are like, let's delve into this cave where all of these horrors live. Like, you, I feel like you know what you're getting into. And I, as a DM, do not pull punches. Yeah. Like, if you guys want to get into it, it's like you put yourself in that danger. And you can always be like, oh, LOL, JK, and, like, back out of there, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, the next question's for me. <laughs> it's for the dungeon master. I shouldn't say for me. It's really just for the person who writes the campaign. Um, how much of the world and plot... This is also by Jasmine. We're just reading through a few of her questions. How much of the world slash plot did you have planned when you first started? Uh, that's a really good question. I know the story front to back already. Um, regardless of what my players choose to do, which they've already done, like, three side quests I didn't mean for them to do. They've taken interest in, like, two or three NPCs I didn't think they would who are still involved in the campaign. All that aside, there's an, there's an, (laughs) God damn it. There's an overarching, there's an overarching story that's happening and it is constantly developing whether they interact with it or not. And I know what's happening with that beginning to end because those things have already been set in motion. And just because my players don't know everything about it doesn't mean it's not happening. So there is a bigger picture that they are a part of and they, they get to interact with that as much as they want. And that's sort of how I run all of my campaigns. So, um, I know everything in the bigger scope of things. And like, if you think of it as like a history book, I know the things that are going to happen, but it's up to my players and how much they interact to determine those next parts. Uh, this one's from Jared. That's at Jared underscore Stewart with a T 11. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to let, I'm going to let Jonathan start on this one. We'll move over to Rachel, then Caleb, then myself. Do you want me to read it? Yeah. (laughs) On average, how many alcoholic beverages are consumed during a session? Take it away, Jonathan. Generally, me and Alan will bring a 12-pack and drink them. Oh, but I am calling our session is two episodes. Yes. So oh, we're that's gonna, important to say. Yeah, yeah. that's um, true. We get together generally and play two episodes together, um, which is four, four and a half hours-ish. Yeah. Yeah. So six beers for each of us. And, and we also like, we're also like vultures for like a little bit of wine in the bottom of a bottle yeah, that's in the fridge. Like, yeah. I mean, ooh, we'll have one more here and there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But generally about six beers. For yeah, the, two the, sessions. The cool thing uh, is that the 
the D&D, the, the Hit Dice Pod headquarters just moved to a new location, which is at me, Caleb Hanks, the guy on the Buffalo had, uh, or slash Vans house. Really? And I have plenty of places for people to stay. So yeah. if we ever, and, if anybody ever drinks too much, yeah. they, they're, they're always welcome to stay. The place we were previously playing at, uh, me and Alan lived a quarter of a mile away. Yeah, yeah. so we home. would always drink a little bit more than... Maybe yeah, we should. yeah, and they would just they would just roll home when we were. Yeah, doing. I mean, we could just like walk home easily. And it was at my it was at my yeah. apartment, and so I yeah, <laughs> I mean, I had to pace myself because I'm yeah. DM and I have to like juggle all the stuff. But like, I didn't have anywhere to go when we were done. You know, speaking of close distance. Yeah, so mm. the flip side of that this coin. This is fun to talk about, yeah. I am the group martyr that drives like 45 <laughs> minutes from where I live. Can I, can I tie in the next question we have to yeah, your sure. answer yeah, that yeah. you're about to give, Rachel? Clayton, uh, go ahead and hit pause again. Go over to Twitter. Uh, at T-N-T-O-C-O-T-H-R-A-N. It's T-N-2-Cothran, if you guys can uh, type that in. What is the most challenging thing about a public game? He's asking. And mm. I think that your answer is about to tie into it a little bit. You think so? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, I live, um, they all live pretty much right here in... Do y'all care about giving me Yeah, it is a give- yeah. Everyone knows we're in Asheville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, they're in Asheville. I'm like 30 minutes outside of the city, and with where we are now, I think it takes like 40, 45 minutes to get here, depending on traffic. Yeah. So typically for Rachel, who's also kind of old. Um, bless her heart. Yeah, bless <laughs> it. Uh, in addition to the snacks that I bring, which <laughs> Once again, I eat which are lot, important. Bless her heart. Which the hardest <laughs> thing about this campaign for me has been that I can't eat on mic, so I'm pretty much starving oh, yeah. half yes. the time. We used to snack in our first campaign. It oh, was yeah. half, oh, it was half snack, half play. Yeah, so I sure. typically do about two drinks, like one per mm-hmm. Session, Hour, yeah. but then I'm also like every chance I get, I used to buy the giant thing of the Uts cheese balls and bring oh, those in. God, and actually, those. one of my oh. favorite things about the previous campaign is that before I bought the little mini fireballs, those cheese balls were actually my flaming spheres. Yeah. That my yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. Her first, her first character was an uh, evocation wizard, uh, Fina. turned lich. Uh-huh. Yeah, turned lich turned by lich. the end of the campaign, yeah. and we used the cheese puff balls she brought as those her fireballs, and we would place them on the map. Dude, I really at some point. In this fucking podcast, want to talk about Gus Chiggins? Yeah, we, we will. really need to we'll, because we'll, uh, there, I promise we'll okay. yeah. yeah, he he was a big deal back then, back in the day. Says you, yeah, it was. Great. Says me. <laughs> hey, as he used to say about himself, too. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Very true. Yeah, and there's somewhere else I was going with that, and I forgot. Sorry, uh, you only drink off. a few drinks because you live so far away. Yeah, so just typically two drinks. Um, also, we usually play on Sunday nights a little bit late, and I have yeah. a nice bright and early job yes. at a desk at eight a.m. on Monday yep. morning, yeah. so I have to be up for that. Um, but yeah, so that's. Typically two for me. I very, I very. The hardest part I, of the public game. Oh, the hardest part of the public game is. I well, think it's the distance and and, and getting yeah. everything together. I mean, scheduling, I think, dude. Yes, that's scheduling. what I'm saying. Scheduling. It's so fucking... the deal is, we can't just. It's not like, hey, when's everybody at home? Oh, here's a green part in all of our schedules. We can just log in and be done and just still be home. Yeah. It's definitely getting each other together because we all lead such different lives mm-hmm. and we all have such different careers yeah. and yeah. and it's just crazy to get together. Which is why we play on Sundays before mm-hmm. half of us have to work at eight in the morning the next day, and one of us, Rachel, who let's be honest, sacrifices the most to play on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. True. Has to drive an hour home. And it's like, it can be really tricky because, you know, especially with having a podcast, because before we would go two months without playing, because we had to, we had no choice. With the podcast, we have to put these episodes out regularly and there's a little more pressure on it. And because of that, sometimes one of us has to lose a little bit of sleep to get an episode out. And it can be really difficult um, to get everybody together, especially being adults who lead different lives and have Wait. different jobs and are doing different things all the time, you know? Um, Rachel living an hour out, like, 
it can get really complicated. And, you know, I feel like we all do our best to put the podcast first, as silly as that sounds. But, but money keeps the the studio going. Yeah, money no, keeps, I mean, us working. <laughs> keeps the players being able to drive here. Right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, when you have day workers and night workers yeah. and traveling musicians. Right. And, oh, dude, right. my schedule is such a fucking clusterfuck. Yeah. yeah. It's insane. Yeah, Kale pretty much fucks the whole podcast. I do. Um, I do now. I didn't night workers to. or servers. Not... <laughs> By the Two way. of us are <laughs> prostitutes. Guess who? Um, and I, I do want to follow it up with the second part of this question from Clayton because it's it's good. It's a great second part follow up to the question. What is the most rewarding thing about playing together in public? Nat twenties being recorded. Uh, no, that's true. Rolling the dice is such a cool thing to do in front of each other. I think you know. Just no. rolling dice in general is like really rewarding. Yeah, I know. You're just like. Yeah. I can't remember exactly. Who, what I was listening to, I think it was it was some D and D um, podcast recently. I don't listen to a lot of them. Um, I think it might have been the Dungeon Cast, but these dudes were talking about how um, when you go on these adventures in D and D, when you all go out to the bar afterwards or you all meet up in public, you don't say, "Hey, do you remember that one time that we were playing D and D and we did this?" You go, "Hey, do you remember that one time that we were in this fucking like." tome of evil and we beat these guys' asses and we killed all these trolls. That is what is the most rewarding to me yeah. as a player because it is it's these experiences completely. Totally. It's never a yeah. thing of like, hey Jonathan, do you remember when you hey, rolled Jonathan, that? Yeah, you know, no, I, do you remember I, I when you rolled that agree. net 20? I'm always like, hey, do you remember when we fucking kicked the shit out of that thing and we tamed <laughs> that nightmare? Like, that's the way I remember Yeah, yeah, it. totally. Yeah. I mean, it's so fun to play D&D just in general. I think that's the best part of playing yeah. D&D is that you're playing D&D mm -hmm. and like you can live whatever life, but like those are like memories and experiences that you actually get to have. Yeah. Like, you know, like you may have not lived it, but yeah. like you lived it. But you sort of did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, expe yeah. you experience yeah, exactly. it. And yeah. when you're playing with a good table of uh, people who have good chemistry, like I feel all of us do, mm -hmm. you know, like. Yeah. We all love each other. Right. We do. We all love each other. And okay. we all have this chemistry that's really incredible. But like the honest to God truth is, even if you don't have chemistry, the best part, in my opinion, about playing D&D, because I have played many games online. I've run campaigns. I've played other campaigns. There's something about body language that helps move a campaign forward, that helps you realize what your teammates are trying to do that you cannot do electronically. Oh, There's something true. about being in person that you can feel and that's very visceral mm -hmm. that just does not show up in like an electronic game in any totally. way, shape, or it's form. It's just yeah. such a kinetic think, experience yeah. to begin that's with. That's why people have really liked our show. It's like I think even though it's a podcast, like there's so many jokes that we're like mouthing to each other like oh, it's so yeah. nice like yeah. behind the scenes and we're all like like it's I do wish we had really, like cameras up I know, so you can it's, see it's, it's all like hunched over it's just a really fun to... group yeah yeah, I mean, it's good. It, it, like, the sky's the limit, honestly. It could get to that point, so. Okay, so this next question is for everyone, and I'm really excited about it. <laughs> this is what from... fuck? At, yeah. This is, this is really going to fuck Caleb up. This is from at Dinfairy underscore, which, like, work on your Twitter tag. Holy shit. D-I-I-N-F-R-I underscore. Like, just drop the underscore. Fuck that. Anyway. Din Fairy was taken. It's great. Are you Din Fairy 2? No, it's not great. Din Fairy 1 was taken. So, for everybody, just jump right in as soon as you're ready. If you could create a magical weapon that would turn an enemy into something on a crit, a la Bow of Crabbling, what would that weapon be? 
And what would it turn your enemies into? You know what I'm excited about? She kept the name the Bow of Crabling and not it's what you... It's called the Crustacean Bow. And God not, damn it. And okay, not so what you call Long running it. theme in our campaign is Wes can't name anything because we're going to rename it. Yeah. <laughs> Something stupid. <laughs> Caleb. <laughs> My Caleb. favorite part. No, well, the, beauty, the beauty of that is even though I name it and I take it seriously, like you guys are... I am not in the world you guys are. That's true. And so you kind of get to navigate that, yeah, and you get yeah. to label things and talk about things. And this includes, and, like, objects um, and NPCs, yeah, just to be clear. Yeah, like Vulva? Yeah. <laughs> like, for... I mean... Yeah. Is that really our I mean, fault? that was, like, yeah, a setup for a spike. But, um... So what was the first part of the question? Um, if you, you could create a magical weapon that could turn into... Uh, what any, would the weapon be? Yeah, and what, what would it be and what would into? they turn into? Okay. I'm gonna do this in real life. Mm. You can do it however you want. Yeah. I'm gonna do mine in real life. Real life, mm -hmm. okay. But my I, um, weapon, does my it have weapon to be a physical would be. Being? I don't know. My I'm just gonna yell something. My weapon would be a recorder, and when I played it, it would turn people I don't like into chicken legs. I'm gonna eat them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's very spe specific. When you eat them, would they turn back into a real person? And you're Depends like just on how much chewing like on them. their leg. <laughs> You did this to yourself. I would have. You uh, crossed me. My weapon would be the blade of grass, for, like oh, from Adventure Time. From Adventure Time, and yeah. when I hit other blades of grass with it, those blades of grass would turn into stacks of two hundred thousand dollar bills. That's oh. bullshit. Why? They said I could do oh anything. Oh my god. They said I could you do anything. You guys say a weapon. What about a rapier that would turn someone into a balloon? <gasps> do they pop? Like as soon as it's touch, it's like balloon pops. Yeah, how about that? Wow. And you're like, wow. wow, no matter what armor you have on, <laughs> you're basically bad. level 30. You're like, oh, a like if you have your armor's too tight, maybe just you bust because Can of the armor. Can you polymorph a terrascue? <laughs> Surely. What the fuck is a Tiraskew? It's the oh hardest monster to beat in all of Dungeons yeah. & Dragons. Oh, yeah, I've literally never heard Oh, that. I never uh, pronounced it that the way. Only way to, I yeah. thought it was Tarask. <laughs> no, it's Tiraskew, but supposedly the only way to beat one is to have a wish spell handy. And um, all you can do is wish it goes to sleep for another century. That's the only thing that you can do to beat it. Well, have you... I mean, seeing like it's, it's you've seen it stars, obviously. Oh, I've like, read through it's it. It's crazy. It was like every it can, spell it can regenerate more health than it has. Spell, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Spells don't do anything to it, mm -hmm. and then if it rolls a certain way, it bounces back at you. Yes. Like it's like you can't do anything. It's crazy. It's insane. Anyway, sorry, Rachel. What's your weapon? <laughs> what's my weapon? My weapon is a terrascue, and if I hit you with it, well, so if we're talking real life. You can do I whatever you much, want. Character, real life. I'm just, I like think about it. I like for D and D to like maybe be a real life thing one day. Huh, bless I VR much, baby. I pretty much always have a pocket knife of some kind on me, so I think my weapon's gonna be a pocket knife. Nice. You know, it's pretty inconspicuous. I never knew that. That you have one. Yeah. Well, you're, you're, it's because okay, wilderness leadership major. It's like uh, I plan to be in the woods all the time. I sit at a desk instead, but I'm still trying to pretend. So I have several pocket knives. Life. Um, <laughs> and I think that the uh, going back to my Hobbit nature. Basically, <laughs> whatever I stabbed with it would turn into whatever snack I'm currently craving. Oh, oh. that is so good. So, That's you smart. Know, Don't even say snack, just like food. Yeah, just right? whatever want I want. Yeah. Yeah. So, is a stack of Nutty Bars, you know? Whatever. Dude, yeah, oh, yeah. my God. That's what you would go for? Oh I mean, sometimes, yes. Okay, fair, no, 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 fair, I've been yeah. eating those no. so much lately. I hear you so, so I almost brought loud. some tonight. I'd Sorry, be Thanksgiving I dinner every day. Every day. Oh, my God. Hey, No, It's not special anymore if you have it all the time. Yeah, right. But like with your pocket knife, you can eat whatever you wanted. <laughs> right? Whatever you want. That's another thing that ex exists, in our, exists in our world. Spit that it out. I know. Exists in our world <laughs> that people don't know about it is the um, ever horrifying Thanksgiving episode where jazz cabbage became a thing. 
Aww. We used to, Jonathan hasn't got to do it with us yet, I don't think, but the Thanksgiving episode? It was an eight-hour session. Well, you played Jazz Cabbage in... Yes, one time with you. I played him twice. Okay, but the the first time that he Rachel did a DM session, and you played Jazz Cabbage. No, no, Rachel didn't. It it was Jordan. No, 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 you played Jazz Cabbage cabbage with Rachel Rachel too, and she did the dinosaurs. I'm aware of that, but I'm saying the Inception. Yeah, yeah, I didn't get to play that. We used to, uh, we used to all get together like the day after Thanksgiving, and we would play like an eight-hour session, and all bring dishes and eat at Rachel's house. Friendsgiving at Mama Rachel's. It was sweet, and she would boil wine. And we, we all did. Died. Oh yeah, we did sort of a Christmassy one. I did mold wine. That was really good. I'm really excited about this next part because it's for you guys and not me. Hey, <clears throat> Adam at Adam Lagrave sounds sounds just like I said it. Adam, learn to spell la, learn to spell grave, learn to spell all one word. <gasps> to the players, oh. that's you three. Hey, any advice for PCs mm. to help form the world around them mm-hmm. and keep things interesting? Which all of you do, for what it's worth. Mm. All of you mm-hmm. do this. I'll go ahead and say, do not just use your primary weapon. Anytime that you're in combat, and this is a combat kind of thing, try different shit. Uh, yeah. Just try to keep it interesting. And the other thing, too, is when you're just looking at the world around you in D&D, you can literally do anything that you can do in the real world. So if there is, like, I don't know, just a random two-by-four laying there on the ground. You can use that as a weapon. Just be creative. That is the mm-hmm. main thing I can think of. I like that a lot. Like, yeah, the creativity is a big part of it, I think. Um, another, I'm sorry, they gave us the mic that's really difficult to have to get <laughs> sorry. to it. I'm going to make out with this Cozy mic now. So I also, before I did Wilderness Leadership, I was a theater major and did a lot of improv and acting study for a while. Um, And we learned like Alexander technique and various acting techniques. And I think the most important thing for me when putting a character together is having a really not overly detailed backstory. Yeah. But enough that like, you know, that's a good bit of advice. You know who your character is. There are a few specific points and there are a few things that, you know, or a guide to because this is in my past. When this happens, this is how I'm going to respond. Right. And it's, it's got to be really clear to you in your mind, like, but wiggle room are. is important. But too, yeah, but it can't be, so, be so, so tight. So strict. You exactly. Know? Yeah. And that was why that was what was so much fun with Fina in the last campaign, because yeah. she had this backstory that included a lot of fire. And so she had a lot of fire spells. Oh my, we're about to spill some bourbon. <laughs> wow, dude. Have fun, Jonathan. Um, we're, we're, we're pros. But when Caleb she became. Rachel, we were going to spill the whiskey, and we definitely did. Yeah, didn't. on the soundboard. But when Fina, it that way. because our last campaign, the theme was to just like touch all the shit and see what happened. That was literally the theme of our last campaign. That was actually what we did. Yeah, and we sort <laughs> of that now. Kind of the pioneer but so outfit. Fina, at some point in Strawdlands, touches a sarcophagus and becomes a lich. Yes. Every spell she picked up from that point forward had to do with like raising the dead or some kind of really That's dark awesome. shadowy yeah. magic. And so there was a whole turn in the character from that point. It was like, yeah, that's in her past, but now this this has taken over because this happened. Yeah. So that was it really such started a forming good character development going. too though because like and I had to learn you to were play such evil a Pollyanna character. Uh-huh. And you know, kind of like a hybridization of like the way that Wes kind of was driving his campaign and the way that you were playing it towards that. And not to mention it's just like we touched a lot of shit that we shouldn't have touched really in the did. Amber Temple. We really did. You know, it, that was really fun for me because it was really challenging as you a You know, DM. I used to get mad. 
About what? I was like, Wes hates me. He turned me chaotic evil. And you tweeted at me, you also touched everything in the Amber <laughs> Temple. You fucking did. And like, it's true. You know, and and Fina, Fina touched the sarcophagus, and, and you played through it so well. I mean, it was, it was a, um, it wasn't an effigy. It was a, fuck, what are they called? It's a life epitaph. Oh. Epitaph. Okay. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I wasn't there. But it was a little piece. It was a little piece of an old god, and the old gods are so powerful that a little tiny speck of them has so much power it can completely change you. Mm-hmm. And uh, Fina just happened to find one of Vecna, and when she touched it, she gained some lich powers, specifically being undead. But there was a price to pay behind the scenes that no one else knew about, yep. and that we played through, and that she paid the consequences for behind the scenes. But on top of that, it challenged me as a DM because I love low fantasy, you know. But like, it challenged me as a DM to let a lich exist in the campaign because it made so much sense, and I couldn't mm-hmm. argue it. But not to overpower you to the point where nobody else mattered. Because it's yeah. like, well, fucking Fina will take care of it. She's uh, a fucking were, lich. There were <laughs> many, many sessions where nobody else in the party knew that that was what had happened. But yeah, you all, we, had, Sigmar, right? we had Alan playing this really straight-laced paladin. And I had to find ways to like try to hide yes, that shit it was so him. fun. Well, it was and, amazing. And, and I, my character became chaotic evil because he touched too much shit in the yeah. Amber Temple. Yeah. And so it was kind of this thing where you had this paladin who's always looking for evil. And do you remember the session where I had that big long speech prepared at the end of the thing. <laughs> and Alan went, okay. <laughs> this is so funny. Well, like, I didn't realize this about Alan's character. Is like, Alan, he was a paladin, but it wasn't like he was so, yeah. like, connected to God or whatever, whatever God it was. And so, like, I was like, Wes said to me, you know, you know, Alan's a paladin. It's going to be like a problem. And I, I put together this character where I was basically Heath Ledger's Joker. <laughs> I came in. I was like, you know the difference between me and all these you other like people. Got up on the table. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> I like made a big production of it, and I made I like rehearsed this in my apartment at the time. And then I came Leave in that. and did, and and Al was like, "Hey, yeah, whatever." I mean, like, I don't care. <laughs> Alan had something else he wanted to talk to you guys about. He was like, "Okay, cool," and then like went and turned around and started talking to everybody about the other thing. <laughs> so they were so sad. good. Oh man, um, mm. Jonathan. How do you keep your character three-dimensional and interesting? And breathing. Well, I think it's just it's supposed to be organic with like how you enjoy D&D. Like yeah. he or he, Caleb in front of me, um, you know, just enjoys like being immersed in what like the 3D world around him, and she has like a template idea. She yeah. meaning, obviously. Um, me. It's yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since the lawnmower yeah, accident. I, well, I should be using less pronouns here. Yeah. Um, but no, me, I was like, I like super detailed story for mine like yeah. that worked for me like yes. I had like created a college I'd created all these NPCs that like Which me and Wes had talked about yeah exactly like yeah. and I like the whole thing of Spark Spring I'd like had all these ideas about and, like I don't know I just like super just got involved with my own character yeah um, and to the point where I was like what would Arl eat for breakfast yeah. you know that kind of thing like if once I understood like every aspect of Arl would do then it was fun to like I don't know. Get yeah. in sync with him. Those and are over the. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. And over those the last, are three. Like, no. Really? No, shut up, Jonathan. You're done. You're done. Stop talking. I'm done. No, sorry. Yeah. Keep going. No, no. You're good now. Okay. <laughs> I was just gonna say those are three really insightful and really different answers, and yeah. I really like that because Caleb's talking about how he just plays loose and reckless, mm-hmm. and Rachel's like, I have a template, but like I can, I have some give on yeah. it, and I leave black holes on purpose. And, and like, Jonathan's just like, I know who I want my character be to be within the world. And, like, though you'll grow with it, it's like, this is where I come from, yeah. this part of the world exists. And, like, I think that those are three really different but, like, equally healthy 
positions to be taking mm-hmm. in your character. You know, none of them feel like, ah, I'll just let the DM take care of it. Yeah. Like, it's all like, I know who I want to be, and I know how I want to play, and I'm going to get invested in the world one way or another. Yeah. Right. You know? exactly. I also, you learn as you go to, like, yes. what your style is going to be. And I learned in our previous campaign that wherever I left a nice hole, that Wes was going to fill it with something cool. Yeah. It's true. So, I'd, so when I wrote my backstory for this character, I was like, yeah, there's this guy Lander. Here's what it is from... You know, Callista's perspective, and I just let him run. I wanted to do one because yeah, go. Here's the thing. When you liked, well, yeah. And here's the thing. Like (laughs) Wes, Wes does at this point up until maybe now. One of my eyes is half closed while Caleb was saying this. Yeah, the whiskey I've drank. Uh, (laughs) Wes does. Wes does almost all of the fucking work. He writes the campaign. He edits the podcast. Podcast, I drink the whiskey. The podcast. He drinks the whiskey. Hey, 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 I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to get <laughs> into the point to where I'm like helping it, helping him out with this sort of shit. So here's a question for Wes that I think is awesome. How the fuck does Wes make everything sound so beautiful and descriptive? Uh, with my mouth. Next question. God damn it. Let's kill him. <laughs> Beautifully said. <laughs> There's a, uh, a certain irony to your inability are you really to gonna, describe Are you that. really going to leave it there? <laughs> no, I'll talk about it. It's easy. It's really easy. Uh, it's just like my, I feel like all of you have been talking about. You feel like you're there. And this is, a, this is advice for DMs, I think, more than it is an answer to this question. A DM is a player, too, and I think that a lot of people really appreciate my DM style, which sounds a little masturbatory, and I guess it kind of is, but the mm. reality of it is I consider myself a player, and I think a lot of DMs don't do that, and I think that that's a really toxic, unhealthy way to play Dungeons & Dragons. Um, because you're playing too, like you're having fun too. Like I'm improving, and just like Caleb said earlier, I'm doing a sketch comedy with my players. I'm just like I'm just shooting shit, just like they are. Yeah. I just have a little bit of a different role. And like at the end of the day, I am improving situations, and I am pushing the story forward, and I am describing what is going on and what I'm doing. And the only difference is I'm playing a few more characters. Yeah. Like you guys are doing the same exact thing. And when I'm invested and when I'm there with you guys, it's really easy to describe what's going on because I can imagine it and I know what my characters would do. Totally. And I'm just playing through it with them. And when I'm into it, when I'm having fun and when I've had about four beers, it's just like super easy to get into it and to describe it and to talk about what I'm seeing. And that said, for the really big scenes, um, if you're asking why I can describe things so beautifully, I, I anticipate that my players are going to go into something like the plane of fire. And so I have a really emotive, impactful description for that that I hope gets them into it and sets them in front of it. But at the same time, those descriptions are inspired by me feeling like I'm there with them. And like it's not just me being a great DM, but it's my players inspiring me to be a better DM. And so they play so well that they deserve this like really impactful, descriptive, beautiful scene that makes them feel like they earned it and they got there. And it's this really big overarching thing that's like way over their heads. And I think that that's what makes Dungeons and Dragons fun, you know? Fuck you, you pompous fuck. <laughs> also, it just comes naturally because I'm the king of descriptions. <laughs> Caleb, had a, uh, Caleb had a smirk on his mouth like a minute ago and he was waiting for his entrance <laughs> no, to say that. <laughs> He was like literally leaning forward to the mic with his lips closer and closer. Closer. (laughs) It really wasn't that, though. Like, honestly, I've thought about playing other D&D campaigns and I don't want to because I'm just like, okay, Wes is a, he's a a great and just DM, DM, but I also don't want to play with anybody else because they're not going to put up with my bullshit. That's that's a gift. I think it's like a DM tip and a player tip is treat everyone like a player. Because like I text Wes like at least once a week probably. Yes. Where it's just like, I ask my DM. 
ideas yeah. for yeah. our wall. Like, I, I want to do this. Like, how would, how is that going to fit in with totally. this idea? Mm-hmm. What are the dynamics on how I should do it? Yes. Like, I don't want to take away, and I tell him, like, I don't want to take away time from other players because, yeah. like, like, my idea of fun D&D time and downtime is way different than Alan, my partner. Like, yeah. his, he does not want to do downtime. Yeah, he, he just wants to, to show be up. in yeah. the shit, like, you know, doing stuff and yeah. getting us enslaved. He and actually, <laughs> he sort of actually is patches yeah, in real exactly. life. Yeah. So it's just like, oh my God. Yeah, Except you he know, has hair. But yeah, it's no, so it's fun true. to talk to your DM like you would your players. Yeah, like, and sometimes I tell Jonathan no, but more but yeah. often than not, I'm trying to work shit out with yeah, him. Yeah, totally. And, and Jonathan sets these expectations for me. And and as a DM, that's really important because I'm like, Jonathan wants this other experience. Like he wants this experience where his player, like is where his PC, his player character is fully realized and where he gets to really think about these things like it. And sometimes Caleb does that and Rachel will do it to an extent and Alan doesn't do it at all, but that's fine. <laughs> totally. Like it's a, it's a very different experience for everybody. And I think to Jonathan's point and what you might be saying is like, we're all doing it together. Like, yeah. and everybody has their own style, but like, we all give a shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and yeah. like, and in our own way, we all give a shit. And yeah. that's what makes our campaign so fun. Oh, yeah. I mean, dude, I enjoy listening to the podcast episodes because it makes one of us. We, <laughs> we were recording, we did record for the longest times the raw audio of our well, session. Those were just DM <laughs> notes for me. They were just DM notes, but Wes would send them to yeah. me because I made him. That shit was funny, though. Yeah. This shit was so funny. That's why I kept being like, dude, podcast. Totally. Dude, we got to do a podcast. I'm going to do one more question from uh, Adam Legrave yeah. yeah. because it's a really short one, and I do want to answer this. Uh, is there ever any tension at the table, and how do you handle it? Uh, the, the answer to this is really simple. Um, the there is tension at the table sometimes, but it is never bad tension because, uh, and I cannot stress this to DMs and other tables enough, you should do a session zero where if... You set up a, a thing where you basically say, if any this makes anyone uncomfortable, say something. And other than that, we're playing through it. Because sometimes Arwol has an idea of something that the other characters don't want to do. And sometimes Patches, especially Patches, has something that he wants to do that <laughs> makes the other mm-hmm. players uncomfortable. And that causes tension within the party, but we play through it anyway. Right. Because we expect that of our mm-hmm. characters, and we expect that of each other to play truly through our characters, I yeah, think. Yeah, it's respect for D&D, the game itself, but it's also just mutual respect between the players. Yeah. Like, like yeah. we never, like, when we're done, Rachel, as Callista, is never like, Alan, why the fuck did you do that? Like, yeah, blah, 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 yeah. are you trying to mess me up? Like, yeah. Rachel totally understands that that's and patches. Like, I'm, I'm yep. feeling the emotions uh, in-game because that's how I improv and roleplay. And yeah. I'm, yeah. like, genuinely being Callista in-game, like, genuinely, I was pretty pissed off at Alan right. for stealing oh that, you know? No. And I was really upset when my note got found and backfired on me. That totally. made me so mad. And I did glare at Wes for a minute. Fine. But it was in character. You <laughs> yeah, know? totally. But so the tension Perfect. and the fact that we play through it and honor yeah. it, yeah. that is what makes a story. Right. You don't have totally. a story without that. Con- conflict totally. Conflict makes a story grow. And we embrace that. And never once, like, though Rachel was obviously, like, there was a lot of tension at the table. That's a great <laughs> example. There was a lot of tension at the table when that note got found because she gave it to a guy with the best of intentions. And I think And the guy was that. a little bit of a piece of shit. Yeah. And, and and it, was, stole from somebody. it was a slice of Callista being sort of naive. Yeah. She yeah. doesn't have as much life experience right. as she wants you to totally. think she does. Yes. So but we, you, but you we could, played through it. You could yeah. really hear was, that on was, the episode. Oh my like, god, I know. Oh man. Everybody was so ready. Yeah. Arwell was so ready. He was like Why aren't we thinking things through? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's the only thing that I miss about episode, being like, the guy on the buffalo because the guy on the buffalo yeah. was like, I just want to ride on the buffalo. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck y'all I really are talking about. I love that about. episode too. It was like such a good like 
our role playing RP like role playing like shade episode was just like everyone you know yeah it was a good episode I yeah, just wanted totally. to bring it up because there has definitely been tension at our yeah. table and I think that the short and like sweet answer tension. is no. Yeah, yeah. no but it's not shitty because we don't make it shitty exactly it would, be, it would have been so easy for Rachel to be like Wes I felt like you were picking on me or whatever but at the end of the day we're just playing through a story yeah. and mm-hmm. we expect those things and you should be able to play your character and as long as you're not straightforward legitimately trying to be an asshole mm-hmm. like who cares mm-hmm. It's all pretend. Yeah, it's not real. Yeah. It's not real. Like, I'll, I'll say something very short about the whole thing. Like, real? at the end of the day, we all kind of know we're just fucking around. Yeah. Like, yeah. There, there's never anything to where we're just like, it's us. Just you know, I really fucking hated like, the way that he or she that is him. literally how I pitch D and D to yeah. everyone. I go, I, I literally say it's kind of just you shooting shit and drinking beer. Yeah, yeah, like, it's it true. really is. Yeah, and I think one of the things that makes us work so well is that we all take it. Seriously enough, right? But not too seriously. Yeah. Like we'll True. get invested in our characters in yeah, the story, totally. but past that, we're like, ah. You, you can tell by our show intros how seriously we take it. <laughs> yeah, how seriously exactly. we take when it. When we make fun of our sponsors. Um, all right. <clears throat> oh, I kind of like that one. I don't. We don't. That's why I saved it. it. That's why I saved okay, it. Okay, cool. So uh, this one's from Will at Will underscore Knight, like sh- Knight in shining armor. Will underscore Knight. Mm-hmm. The number three. Apparently, there were. Three more before him. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, He asks, "How did your previous campaign end?" Oh man! You guys take it away, Gus. You're the shining example. So I I think that I think that I would like for the tried and true to answer it, and then the guest, and then you to tell us how it literally ended. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 that's great. We were oh gosh, by the end of it. It's funny, so much, I remember so much of Curse of Strahd that we, I want to say we accidentally did Curse of Strahd, thanks to Caleb. I mean, oh, yeah. it's like session two, we basically just followed I heard about him. That. This is not great. the end of the campaign, it's the beginning, this but it's important beginning. to talk about. Yeah, it's really It was important. the very beginning of the campaign. Yeah, it was like session two, we followed him into a grave, thinking we were investigating one thing, it ended up in so Barovia. This is, this is kind of why I wanted to, at some point of this podcast, set up Gus Chiggins. Oh, yeah. Because, okay, so, I'm just going to make it real quick. So, when we all started the campaign... Um, Gus Chiggins was this character that I had, he was a trash gnome um, sorcerer that used chaos magic. At the beginning of this episode, you may have remembered me saying I didn't remember Kale playing a gnome. This is why. There you go. (laughs) Because trash. Um, Chaos magic was a big uh, part Mm -hmm. of of everything with him because uh, Wes gave me a handicap, so if I rolled a one or a two, I could get chaos magic. Um, and that fun. and that happened a lot because chaos sure magic is fun as fuck. Yeah. So Gus Chickens was basically the Deadpool of D and D back in the back that <laughs> in that point, and he would just say whatever the fuck was on his mind, mm-hmm. and he was kind of the guy that was always getting everybody into shit. He would. When you <laughs> met anybody, he would walk up and be like, "I'm the leaders of the Heroes of the Vine," is what we called ourselves, and he'd be like, "I'm taking us here and there and there and blah blah blah," and I'm doing this and that. He was just an asshole. He was an asshole. Same. Yeah. Um, but that is that is kind of so. I I the first session ever, there was this graveyard that had mist coming out of a of a grave, and Gus Chiggins. Jumps down in there because he's like... We lowered you in on a rope to check it out. (laughs) Yeah. And you left your possum at the top of it, which was your familiar, so that you could use message to let everyone know what was going on. (laughs) And so I just said, water's fine. And that's been a a theme we've used out through our our whole campaign. Yeah, for some reason, we all trusted him and jumped in after him, basically. 
you left a possum uh -huh. so you could message out something. Yeah, the possum. But a possum can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Yes. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's correct. <laughs> He's in trouble. I, oh, I, le I left. What possum? I left my possum by the barn. I, well. <laughs> I, I left the possum. I didn't message it. You didn't message the. I possum. messaged Sigmire. Yeah. No, no, no. The possum was there. No, no, no. Here's what happened. The rope that you were tied to was in the possum's mouth and everyone's hands so that you could use it as like a landline to the possum to cast message oh to God. someone up there. Uh, I'm experiencing this story with y'all. This is so good. So anyway. So basically, the, the campaign was that we were supposed to be like tracking this cult that was trying to like bring back a god. Tharsdune. Yeah, it was trying to bring Tharsdune back basically. Um, and... We spent like literally a session and a half actually doing that and then fell into Barovia for like months. Months. <laughs> six months. It was amazing. Yeah, it was a six month long campaign. Yeah. So we started crazy. in February. Yeah. We finally we get summer. back from Barovia and we're dumped right back into all this shit that's still been occurring while we were stuck in Barovia. Yes, back here. that was fun. So it the had, world had, had all been moving forward. The for world three had months. changed yeah. so dramatically. It was absolutely insane. Um, but so we came <laughs> so back fun. and we tracked this cult to all kinds yeah. of crazy, insane places. Um, Fina, by this point, is a lich. Yeah. Um, her soul had been taken by the deck of many things to oh, hell. My favorite magic and item in the it game. Was, it was right. amazing. It's so so cool. I'm not so there for the cool. session. Oh. Wes texts me at home because I wasn't able to be there and says, they found a deck of many things. Does I your character want to pull a card? And I said, yeah, because one of it's Fina's so traits so was that if it could deck. possibly give her more magic and strength, she was going to go for it yep. because she was obsessed. And so I was like, oh, hell yes. There's a chance I could become more magical. Yeah. Um, nope. You did. I did. Sort of. Sort of. But so her soul is ripped from her body and goes to hell. Um, <laughs> yep. The party, miraculously, for reasons I will never understand, decides to go get her back, their lich buddy. Yep. And in the meantime, someone else drew a card that brought a fighter yes, to the Preston party. Did. Remy Lacroix. Remy Lacroix, who uh, apparently is a porn star. Which I was unwhere of. What? But I played Remy for several weeks with an outrageous French accent the entire time. Oh, it was so fun. It was fantastic. <laughs> and so I, I got to go on the quest to get my own soul back as a different character. So fun. That's so fun. It that great. is the heart of Dungeons and Dragons. It it's really, yeah. Really fun. It was just, it was so random. But so we finally get to end? this. Yeah, we get to this final battle. We finally have tracked down the cult, and they're at the final ritual, and it's happening like Tharzdun is emerging from so a portal. Cool. So cool. And we're all throwing everything we can at it, and in well, the meantime. Yeah. Time, we just talked about the chaos magic, which is important because Gus yeah. pulled a lot of chaos I'll magic. I'll talk about this specifically. There were battles where Gus turned himself into a fucking potted plant. No, 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 no. When you guys were fighting Strahd, Mm -hmm. The last bad guy <laughs> in the entire Curse of Strahd mm -hmm. campaign, Gus turned himself into a potted plant, potted plant. with <laughs> chaos magic yeah. while you all were fighting him for three rounds. He was a fucking ficus. He was, he was a snake plant <laughs> fighting Strahd. And Andrej, and Andrej was like the most emotionally... Messed up. Oh, uh, we loved. Oh. We, we fall in love with the NPCs we're not supposed to. Andres was our pet. We he was a mongrel folk, if you're familiar. Yeah, he was great. <laughs> you need to play the campaign and meet him if you can. Um, you should meet him with West Planet. Like, I came in. Yes, please talk about this. Yeah, I came yeah. in super late to the campaign, um, but I fucking love my character. And so, anyway, we, I get wrapped up in this like crazy chained god emerging into yeah. the world and gonna fuck everything up. And uh, I just remember the last thing because, like, uh, Wes had done this amazing, amazing idea where we all got our own little personal story at one point. We all went to these little 
Oh, when you, pocket when dimensions. You were, you were in your own and, minds. Yeah, yeah. Our, our own minds or our little pocket dimensions or whatever. And we each got like an extra weapon or an ability or something to fight Tharzun to kind of even out the skills. Uh, I'm getting Remember, chills. That was yeah, a lot of fun. It was so fun. Was. And so um, my monk character ended up uh, being able to fly, which was awesome. And he was already so fucking fast. And, it was, and he could cool. teleport through darkness. And... Um, Felt like the character? end of Kingdom Hearts or something. Um, yeah, you know, it, was, it really did. And I don't even remember what everyone got. Yeah. I remember I've Alan got this. mine because I, I got failed an axe. it. Oh. I failed mine. Alan got an axe and then a few other things. Anyway, but when you come out and then all of a sudden the emissary or whatever, the avatar, the avatar. of Star's Dune, um, was fighting Nina's character at the time, who was Mildy, the most amazing uh, fighter. She was great. And she, was, she great. was the mother of the character that the avatar of Thar's Dune killed. Ugh. And she, she made like three Whoa! nat 20s in a row. Like it was, was three like, nat 20s in a row, and it was insane. That was fucking and amazing. So that, and we, and we, yeah, we did not amazing. record the audio of that. And there was so much was, crazy shit that so happened in there. Crazy. And so, I mean, it's I was teleporting through the darkness and grabbing torches you know? of Thar's Dune because we knew that was important. And like, and then Mildy's just going to town on this avatar with uh, all of you are like trying to solve these puzzles. Exactly. And, yeah, Mildy's just so like crying crazy. and like hitting this and thing. Then, the uh, and then like, oh, out of nowhere, cool Gus, um, so, like you go on. The from thing here. that was kind of weird about that whole we played for what two years? One yeah, it was a two year. It was a two year long campaign. The thing mm-hmm. that was shitty for me was I was on tour with a band for the last year of the campaign, mm-hmm. and so we had this kind of idea with Gus Chiggins. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. There was this whole idea with J- Gus Chickens that I learned the spell blink and I didn't learn it quite well and that I was also and that, and that I was also and that I was also with, oh uh, with the chaos magic I would blink and then just be gone for months yeah and then they would hear and he would just blink back into existence Wherever and, we were. and talk yeah. about what happened like three months ago and be like so what's going on we guys you guys were still like three months yeah. behind yeah like, did we did we take care of the rat infestation in that guy's yeah, basement exactly. and there's like a god living through in Shane Dublivian is on his way um, to this convention I, I finally came back from tour on a couple of Thar's Dune dungeon crawls like mm-hmm. Thar's Dune relic dungeon crawls and mm-hmm. I found the staff of Thar's Dune um it would allow me to cast like some crazy. Um, so the staff of Thar's Dune is a homebrew item that I came up with. You can download it for free. As a matter of fact, um, you just look up the Armory of Thar's Dune. You can download it. It is. It has three weapons in it. All of them cast spells at random, from one through fourth, one through sixth, or one through ninth. And you had the staff of Thar's Dune, which was one through ninth. And if you don't mind me saying this, oh, by the way, you guys should download that because it's like a really fucking cool item. It casts basically (laughs) any spell at random, and it can get really wild. Really wild. And Mm -hmm. you had the Staff of Thar's Dune, and I had written, canonically, it was on my notes that... Magic did not affect Thar's Dune that could banish him unless it was, it was an yeah. item that he made himself. It was his own. That's right. Mm-hmm. And I rolled like the highest you could roll. On, on, and you got banishment. on the At the yeah. end of that battle. Yeah. And I got banishment. And I just said to Thar's Dune, you'll go back from where you came. Yeah. And like, and n- like, like you never exist. Okay. And pulled back <laughs> in the He was like, oh, my bad. <laughs> and I remember, yeah. And Wes was like, what? <laughs> That's how it ended. And yeah. it, felt, it was almost anticlimactic, but you all were screaming. Yeah. You all were like, yeah! That's, 
was, it was no, it was it was perfect. Because he was, was still was trying insane. to rip that portal open, and you could see his hands like getting pulled yeah. back into it. You know, like his chains were rattling, and they were getting sucked back. Oh, into and the, the sound effects that day too yeah. was so good. Yeah. yeah, it was a lot it was of fun. A fun it was a, that was an intense thing because I mean, like, sorry, I said at that sesh. point, all of us <laughs> <laughs> at, at all at, at that point, like, we all kind sesh. of were our characters in some point of our own uh-huh. minds, and like to be to be like. Well, I felt like just to jerk myself off for a second. Go for that it. was the whole point of <laughs> the... That's you, all he has the time for. Yeah, it's all I do outside <laughs> of D&D. Um, but the, the whole point of me putting you all in your personal dimensions where Tharzun was in all of your minds and you were trying to break out was mm-hmm. to make you feel empowered as a character at the very end of the campaign. And I feel like something special and written just for you was happening. You know, and even if you failed it, which mm-hmm. two of you did, Nina failed and... And I did. You did. Yeah. Like, it still felt like you were in your own little space. You know, and it mattered, and like yeah. something was happening, and it was it, it was based off of your character. You know, and that was a lot of fun. I don't I don't know if you guys smart. remember this, but in the last campaign that we ever played, when Gus Chiggins poked his head into three different dimensions. Yes. Oh yes. Oh, he you heard know, like from upside down and everything. He, he poked uh. he poked his head into one dimension, yes. and, and he heard "Penny for your thoughts," which was jazz. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> which, it, it was Jazz Cabbage's pick. Uh, it was his like headline or what yeah. his like uh, calling. Yeah. yeah, that thing. And then he put his head into another th- thing, and it said, "I don't drink," which was a quick one-off that we did for a Halloween campaign where I played Cosmo Kramer as a rogue oh, or as a as a ranger, yeah. as a ranger. Oh, that's right. And then I'm so he, smart. And then <laughs> and then, if you remember, he put his head into another portal and heard. I'm a guy on a buffalo. No way. Yes, because You're full I of shit. swear to God, swear to God, because I had been thinking about that. You guys don't remember it because you no. wouldn't have known what I was yeah. talking yeah. about. Yeah, no, you wouldn't have known what I was talking about. Swear to God, no, I went. I've been aware of the video a for a long time. I'm a buffalo because I, you and I had, you and I had talked about this. We oh, just, add, like, just like, hey, wouldn't it be bullshitting? Funny? Yes, yeah. absolutely. And then I went with that. D&D stupid. So you that was our last campaign. <laughs> so that's how it ended. Yeah, yeah. Next. We had fun. Uh, this is from, and not everybody gave us their names. This is at <laughs> the Nige. <laughs> What's up, Nige? What's up? Uh, the spelled normal, Nige, capital N, I G E, underscore double O seven. Um, He's a spy, don't tell him anything. For Wes, how many published campaigns have you run? Only one, and I've written all my other ones, and that was The Curse of Strahd, yeah. which we have, I feel like, touched on. Uh, thanks for the In question, depth. The Nige. Uh, and we have a question right after that. At Master... Uh, that's spelled Master P-F-F-T. It's pfft, but pfft works fine. <laughs> do you allow retcons? Yes, I allow retcons. Retcons. Retcron. Retcons. I allow my players to do anything as long as they can justify it in a mm-hmm. way that sounds legitimate. Uh, If they can convince me that it would happen, then I let it happen. Uh, And he also has this question. Players, what is one decision you have made this campaign that in retrospect you would alter or reverse? Nothing for me. Yeah, I don't think I would change anything, honestly. Um, The note? Rachel, like as Rachel, I would not change that because it was fabulous yeah, yeah. story. Yeah, it's a story. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Fina, in a heartbeat, would jump in the time machine and go oh, back. Or not, not Fina, sorry. It's Callista. Who Talk are too you? much about the last. I don't know who I am. Callista would go back in time and change that if she could. Though, I mean, it led great places. Like, they wouldn't have Volna or any of that. It's so. okay to not change yeah. things because I feel like the story's been really. No, I think so. I, would, I would never change anything about Guy on the Buffalo because to me, that character was that it's like it's good that it ended that way to me yeah how long can you just be kenny rogers on a buffalo 
<laughs> Wait, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, three episodes I'm gonna back up. Uh, the Nige Fair underscore like, yeah. 007 uh, has one more thing. Okay. It's not a question, and I feel like I should read it out loud to everybody. P.S. You guys are beyond awesome. I listened to all of your podcast episode in a couple of weeks and am immediately restarting from the beginning. Smiley face. Dude, Aww. that's awesome. Thanks. Yes, that's awesome. Imagine Thank you so much, dude. Nige, yeah, we, you're getting a hug love, right now. Totally, yeah. Absolutely. Whatever nerd. We were playing. Yeah, well. <laughs> Except for Wes. Wes is not hugging you. Welcome Sorry. to your childhood. <laughs> oh, thank. Oh. 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 Um, at J Brocks, J A Y B R O C C S. It says, favorite classes? Question mark. <laughs> uh, your favorite class? Oh I know my favorite class. Astronomy one hundred and one. <laughs> Get fucked. Uh, my favorite class is Ranger. I love Rangers. Rangers are underpowered. They are the underdog, and I like that a lot. I like that they have... I like that story is built into their class. Yeah. The other classes are just like... Uh, for instance, Barbarian are like, what totem do you want to pick? Uh, what 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 weapons do you want to be proficient with? But Rangers have a favorite enemy, and yeah. I really like that there's backstory built into their class. It's like, what have you always hunted? What do you have a grudge mm-hmm. against? Yeah. Like, what are you after? Underpowered you know? in I combat. As far as like... Like role-play-wise. Oh, role-play, yeah. They're, they're rich. They're yeah. rich, rich. role-play. And just kind of depends on like the style of like what your campaign is doing. Yeah. But I found as guy on the Buffalo Man being able because a lot of the first part of the campaign really was story rich mm-hmm. and kind of like exploring. It's like okay, well we're never prone to terrain, uh, difficult terrain. Anywhere we are, we can track uh, different beasts or people. I mean, being a ranger was kick ass. Yeah. That is one of the only things that as a van. Dingulus Ulysses Fart Baby. I was hoping you say the whole um, thing. With an eye. <laughs> with an eye. Bobby. 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 That's, uh, that, that is something I miss Yeah, from being a, um, a ranger. You're going to love Van. More so. I love Van. I, think well, I already like Van, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I have some more ideas about Van that are going to make the character even more fun. I can't so. wait. Join us next week as we explore Van's character just a little more. <laughs> what are you guys' favorite classes? I have only played two classes so far. I'm relatively new to D&D. Um... And I loved both. Of, oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm not close enough to the mic. Um, I've loved both of my classes a lot. I've played a monk. And monks I've, are so fun. That's, so fun. Yeah. And I didn't want to be like an overpowered monk, but like just monks were kind of overpowered. Um, <laughs> I was level six when everyone else in the first campaign was like three levels ahead of me. And I was still just like crushing The most shit. powerful character. Yeah, yeah. It was yes. insane. Um, and I fucking love Arwell, uh, Divination Wizard. Um, I have an upcoming little one-off that I'm going to be playing, and um, it's going to be a wizard again. So probably wizard. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of in the same boat as Jonathan. I've, I mean, I've been playing for several years, but we had some really long-term campaigns, long-term characters. So this is only my second class I've played. I was mm-hmm. a wizard um, when I was Fina, and now I'm a bard. Um, I do, I think, just naturally because of my own play style and preferences, lean towards magic users. Sure. But that makes me think maybe next character I need to play with something else. A little melee. And get in a little combat. Mm, so who fighter, knows? Fighter, maybe? But maybe. I mean, I did that for a little while with the French dude. But oh. That was kind oh, of oh, like, oh, oh, oh. This was amazing. Yeah. It's basically Pepe Le Pew. We talked about this. He was Pepe Le Pew, right? <laughs> basically, yeah. Well, I was sort of going for the whole French knight and Monty Python mm, thing. Yes, oh, yeah. that's it. But yeah, it had to go a little further than that because I couldn't just taunt everybody because I wasn't a bard. So, yeah. <laughs> but I'm still, I think it's going to take decades of play to pick a favorite because I need to play them all to see how I feel. Got to play them all. I, I've thought about Backwards playing Pokemon. a monk. Um, so OP. But so P. 
I've thought about playing a monk, but I, I actually think I do know my next character. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be for your fabled one-off, which would be in between this campaign and the next one, uh, the level town. twenty. <laughs> oh, we are going to do a we are going to do the Flavor Town campaign, Bard. Because you're a Bard in real life. Because I'd play the fuck out of it. Yeah, you would. <laughs> you would. You'd be <laughs> the best Bard, Caleb. Well, this is the thing. And now that Wes told me about this kind of, this uh, podcast where these dudes actually play their instruments. It fucking pisses me off because I'm like, number one, that's amazing. But number two, like what I was going to do as a bard was actually bring the guitar in and not make it distracting. But I was going to be like, yeah, I'll like play someone. the fucking shit. Yeah. And I know. We by did. the way, Caleb's an amazing <laughs> well, guitar, but mandolin player. Well, thanks. Yeah. No, we, I mean, I could bring the mandolin in, but like I would make up some funny Speaking fucking songs. Speaking of which, oh, I like yeah. that Callista is the like there are many levels of bard. And I feel like everybody defaults to instruments. Was, and yeah. I love me that Callista too. took lore. Like, yeah. nobody plays that. Oh. You know what I mean? Everybody's like, I'm an electric, I'm in my chemical romance or whatever. I also <laughs> love that it's more like, almost like, uh, performance art and dance. Yes. More so mm-hmm. than just. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it's like a visual, like, I love that yeah. aspect and of Callisto because I've never heard that. Like Part of that was playing to my own strengths. I yeah. do, like, I Strip have. Strip a lot. <laughs> no. Um, Callista is a lot more attractive than I am. <laughs> same. I mean, I mean same. Yeah. Than everybody, same. basically. But so I, like, I've, I've sung in choirs my whole life. I play, I'm a nerd and play handbells. I play guitar. I have a banjo. I have something called a psaltery that you play with a bow. Um, I'm trying to steal my mom's lap dul- mountain dulcimer because I love to play, Soon. but I'm not highly skilled. I'm like a hobbyist. And I knew that me trying to sing and, like, make up lyrics on the fly was not going to be quality. <laughs> That anybody <laughs> wanted to listen to podcast or not, including myself. So I, I wanted to take it a different direction, and I loved the idea of the writing and yeah, the dance is the way good. she kind of came up when she left her secluded. Read the backstory. Um, <laughs> it's on the website. It's important. Yeah, <laughs> you need to know that. But and then I background knowledge. I have plans now that my crazy work summer schedule is over. I'm going to listen back through everything and I'm writing the actual epic poem that Callista is writing. Fuck so at some yeah. point, That's cool. I've, I've been like studying structure because I hadn't looked at that since like high school. That is but awesome. I want to write the whole thing so that at some point we can publish for you guys what Callista is actually writing every time I say Callista's writing that down. That's and fucking, Caleb, that's I need so your cool. help with art. Because oh, she you. sketches too, but I, I don't. So. I'm only holding out on West for like a year. <laughs> From the same one at J Brox. It also, so favorite classes, question mark. It also feels like the situations you, me, Wes, throw the characters are way over their respective level pay grade. Why did you choose this approach? I'm gonna answer this question simply, and it's because, in my opinion, and this is not a popular opinion, if you don't feel like you can die in Dungeons and Dragons, you are playing it so wrong. I agree, dude. Like, if you don't feel like the world is tumultuous, and if you don't feel like literal monstrosities from another dimension could kill you, like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know? Like, can you like can you imagine beholders coming after you and you feeling like, ah, oh, I'm equipped for this? But in, a, in addition <laughs> to that, I feel like an adventurer chooses a lifestyle where they put themselves in the direct path of those things. And sometimes my players have to run. And sometimes my players die. And it's because the I make my campaign more thematic and more canonical than I do balance it for the sake of my players. Because I think it's more dynamic that way. I think it's more interesting that way. And I think it, it gives me room to write characters that are maybe out of my players' respective, quote, mm-hmm. pay grade. Because those things would be going on even if my players weren't level four. Yeah. You know? And he knows, I think, 
that yeah. we would just choose what's best for our character at the time. Yeah. Right. Like, I, and I, I think I, this I, is this is a really important part of talking about creating your player character too. Yeah. Like nobody in their right mind is doing this shit. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. one if if you do nothing else in your backstory, why the fuck are you out there adventuring? Right. <laughs> why why would be. you ever point There's a sword no at a beholder? Somebody yeah. on, you know? some, somebody <laughs> like, on Twitter tweeted it out and it was so fucking great. I cannot remember what the handle was, but they said, when you spend all this time creating all these bad guys for your campaign, and then a beholder gets killed by a level two player named Squeaks McQueen. (laughs) (laughs) Which is Caleb. (laughs) Um, All right, we we are reaching the end of this list, so I'm just going to keep moving this forward. Yeah. Sierra, who... I love very love much. Sierra. Sierra. <laughs> At questing, Hi. we got another underscore moon. <laughs> what is your favorite part of the campaign so far? I'd like to read that out. Could be the a chicken joint tie-in blew all of our minds. We were not expecting yeah. that. So that was really good. Um, the fact that we actually experienced the death of Buffalo. Yeah. Oh, that was yeah. fucking traumatic. That was heavy. That yeah. was amazing. That was good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Every part is like its own shine to it. Yeah, I love patches in the what third episode, like talking shit to the oh, fucking to the blue dragon. dragon. Like, and I was like, you. "What are you doing? Like, <laughs> what are you doing?" Point at that motherfucker. And I was like, be like, "We literally just said that their vein and will attack yeah. for nothing." Like, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, uh-huh. And he's like, gonna "We're talking, it. bitch." Can, can I? <laughs> Can I give a can I give a, a great moment. can I please give a giant shout out to Alan Clark because he wasn't able to be here today. Dude, Alan is kind of the guy that has kept me going through D&D because I love how fucking much he does not care. <laughs> like that dude actually does not care at all and like Alan Clark is maybe my favorite D&D player of all time because he just like he's just like he's so he's like kind of stoic but he's also just kind of like so I'm just going to, like, I don't know, I'm just going to kill this fucker. <laughs> I'm going to kick her off her box. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to drag her through the streets. Like, I'm sorry. I'm just going to smack you, see you this again. old lady? Attitude is just like, gonna, oh, fuck that. You see this old lady? I'm going to slap her right in her yeah, fucking exactly. face. I'm sorry. I'll do it again. Yeah. <laughs> Still mad, though. Uh, my favorite part of the campaign so far is that Sierra is listening to us. That's yeah. sweet. Aww. It's yeah. true. Thank you, everyone. I just like that people listen to our fucking podcast. Oh, my God, dude. That's, no, my we've... favorite thing is that people are sharing this with us. Like, yeah. that's ridiculous. How weird is that we're doing a mailbag episode? Yeah, that's fucking that. weird as shit. Well, it's like y'all somehow put through, <laughs> put up. All this, like, make us just, here? like, drinking 12 packs of beer and shots. And, and us just, like, about screaming at each other. Um, I feel like we, um, Sierra also asked us how we all met. Uh, We answered at the beginning of the episode, but I still wanted to give her credit for the question. And we have one last question. It is from Bards and Nobles, another podcast. Um, And the the question is, how are you guys so awesome? And the answer to that, I think, is very simple. It's alcohol. Yeah, that is definitely (laughs) true. Traumatic childhood. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Did you see that meme where it was like, I want to raise my child right, but give them, like, just enough trauma so that's funny? (laughs) And they were like, how do you do that? <laughs> um, so we've, we all have PTSD, I guess. Is the answer. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically it. You know, I will say... Dungeons D- & Dragons is not real, and you're dumb if you play it. That's very true. 
But we you don't know, like dumb people. I think I, I think I said this on the Sean versus Wild podcast with my buddy Sean. Are you um, pitching other podcasts at the well, just, end of the just, podcast? Just because this was like a thing that happened. So um, <laughs> I was on tour for a long time, and then I went through like a really hard time. And when I went through like some of the heaviest shit in my life, Dungeons and Dragons actually was one of the biggest things that brought me out of that. Yeah. Like, you guys know this shit. Uh-huh. And, uh, me too. I was in quite a bit of a depression and being able to just meet up with you guys and like act through this crazy world where I wasn't feeling like shit all the time man that helped me out so much and then having this like community to come home to mm-hmm. dude D&D brought me out of some seriously awful shit and I mean D&D is therapy <laughs> role playing yeah, is totally. therapy it totally. is yeah, yeah. You know? like the, yeah. this is these strangers I found on the internet trying to play D&D are the people that... Uh, that's me. That's pretty much Wes, and then everybody else joined in. These yeah, are the people that me. toasted my divorce being finalized with Yeah! Hey. Probably the Woo! hardest part of my life as well. This is an unopened yeah. beer, I'm thinking. Ahoy. I'll drink so it. Drunk. It's okay. But, yeah, I mean, that's... It's, <laughs> it's random people who myself. became family, and yeah. I think that's what you hear when you yeah. listen to us, if you like it, is that we... We're family. Yeah. And I'm going to wrap this all up by saying that Dungeons and Dragons is dumb and I still don't want to be a dungeon master. So if anybody else out there wants to run this podcast, send me an email, hitdicepod at gmail.com. Hey, so this is Caleb Hanks saying, hey, Wes, I just sent you an email. (laughs) (laughs) In addition to that, I think that what Rachel and Jonathan and Caleb are all saying is that it's really easy to meet people who are interested in the things that you're interested in. And we're interested in Dungeons and Dragons and each other. And if you're ever playing a session with anybody who you feel like is an asshole... Tell them to fuck off. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, find a table that fits you well. And if you don't find one, you can just keep listening to us, like Sierra. Mwah. Seriously, thank you guys so much for the questions. That's so yeah. awesome that you guys all listen to the podcast. If it wasn't for you, we'd probably just be listening to each other. And not writing Ew. any of the questions on no, we did. We got a lot of questions from anybody, and if anybody's questions didn't get answered, I'm sorry that we skipped over them. Uh, but we yeah. only have so much time, and you guys are all so smart, and we got so many good questions, and, like, ask better questions next time. But... But we'll do more... No, just, like, we'll, some of the questions... We just, yeah, got to talking. We'll yeah. do... Yeah, I mean... <laughs> yeah, that's oh my God. fault. Yeah. We'll, we also will do... Random. We'll do another mailbag episode for sure. Eh, we'll see. Shut up, fucker. We'll see. Uh, you know, I just want to thank everybody who's tuning in. Uh, the fact that we can do episodes like this is really bizarro. Me too. Um, the fact that I, the, the fact that anyone is asking us fucking questions is like really bizarre because we're really just like at the end of the day we're just playing Dungeons and Dragons. And the reason our table works so well, which is why I imagine that a bunch of people are asking us about it. Oh god, is <laughs> it's just because we like Dungeons and Dragons and we like each other Maybe. and none of us are assholes. Well, we're all assholes a little, but it's like different. It's like different. (laughs) Our assholes work well together. (laughs) We we touch our assholes together before each session, like Captain Planet. And we haven't saved saved the world from pollution or anything, but like we spit out some pretty good D&D content. Um, But, you know, thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening to us. Thanks for your questions. Couldn't do it without you guys. And we also couldn't do it without Tabletop Loot or thedeckofmini.com. Head over to our website, hitdicepod.com. You can see our pictures, see what we look like since you've been hearing us talk like regular people and not playing Dungeons and Dragons. Do you guys have anything you'd like to say before we close out? Thank you to everybody for listening. And I think the campaign is just going to get better. But then again, I do have a lot of faith in Wes. It might not. Thanks, everyone. Uh, Y'all are amazing. And just keep playing D&D and 
creating amazing content. Thank you for just sharing this with us. It's, yeah. it's pretty great. Yeah, thanks for taking interest in us in any capacity. Uh, so like I was saying, you know, uh, our sponsors support us. It's the whole reason we can do any of this. It does cost money to keep a website up and to keep a podcast going. Uh, Tabletop Loot, they have kept us afloat since day one. And the thedeckofmini.com, they are being super cool and doing the same thing. They both have really great products. And the only reason they are considered sponsors on our show is because we believe in them and they have great products. I wouldn't let them sponsor us if they didn't. In addition to that, I feel like we're pretty great. We're interesting people, uh, especially Caleb, Jonathan, and Rachel. Nobody else could make it to this episode. Go to hell, Alan. And, uh, you know, it's just like if you've got a moment, this is the end of the episode. Uh, There's no special outros. As soon as I get done talking, it's going to be over. There is a special outro. Did you make one? Are you done with it? Uh, go to iTunes and give us a five-star review. Here we go. Lord, I was born a sampling man. Lord, I was born a sampling man. Elvis! Elvis! <laughs> Thanks for stopping in. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>